Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. You're listening to the Dana and Parks podcast on KMBZ. So they had something to do with putting that thingy up on the thingy. Right. And we're about to find out what it is that they actually did. (laughs) Putting that thingy up on the thingy. Okay, so... We have been warning you all day that we're about to have very high-level conversations with Burns and Mac about the moon thing. Uh, Stephen Brooke, correct? Josh Forschler, did yep. I say that correct? That's correct. Um, you are the very, very smart Burns and Mac people who have drawn the very, very short straw to help us understand, in a way that Wolf Blitzer could not yesterday, um, why this was so historic, and then Burns and Mac's role in this project, with I, I think, is just absolutely incredible. Sure. Um, yeah, I can start off. This is Josh. Um, historic for a number of reasons. We haven't been to the moon yeah. in 50 years. It was literally the Apollo mission. So uh, there's a lot of folks in, interested in science and technology right now that don't remember the Apollo missions. Right. They were too young, right? Um, and so we haven't been to the moon in 50 years. We've never, in the history of space travel, had a private company build a craft and land on the moon. So that's super unique as well. Yeah. And they use a very unique proprietary or not proprietary, but a very unique engine type to push their spacecraft to the moon. Liquid methane, liquid oxygen, never been done for in, in, before in space. So, so what, like a number yeah. of new, new one-off one things. Why should I care about that? Well, we're trying to get back to the moon, right? We want to go explore. We haven't been there since the Apollo missions, right? There's frozen water, we think, on the south pole of the moon. That water can be broken up into more fuel to maybe get us to Mars. Got so it. this was part of NASA's CLIPS mission to start getting us back to the moon, back to Mars as part of their overall Artemis mission. So, so a lot of technology, a lot of advancements. The Burns and Mac um, piece of this puzzle, Scott, and this collaboration started back in 2021, which is actually lightning speed if you think about it. Tell me a little bit about the private partnership and and how is it moving the ball forward now that big private companies and like these great minds like Elon Musk are getting into these games saying this is the wave of the future we need to go here instead of just letting NASA handle it or the government handle it that kind of thing. Yeah. Take that one. Yeah, sure. So yeah, so NASA I mean obviously has for years been the one leading space exploration. Yeah. When Elon and SpaceX started raising their hand, they got a lot of things done a lot quicker. Well, that opened up the privatization of space, and really NASA allowed that too with some early grants and some money coming through. But they allowed private space companies to step up and start taking minor missions on, including this one. And so it's just been great for the overall industry in terms of letting other other small companies, other private companies get into this space and then allow us to kind of get into our little part and piece so of that. You so. guys built or helped build in Houston 
the rooms that we were watching yesterday where all of the scientists were like, woo, and screaming and clapping and all of that stuff, those are Burns and Mac projects. Yeah, we designed it and built it for them. Yeah. So we ended up designing uh, and building for them two facilities. One, to test that engine that they use to land on the moon. Yeah. And then their manufacturing, their testing, their clean rooms, their admin, their operational space. So that way they can now start producing more lunar landers for future lunar missions. So you had to conceptualize this then from the very from zero. This yeah. has never been done before. This yeah. was from zero. There's similar facilities around the country. NASA, Lockheed, Raytheon, they all have similar kinds of facilities, right? Uh, and so but what they were doing was unique to their, you know, mission, which was to put landers on the moon and not just one. So this this is the first mission of several Future missions are going to go back to the moon, wow. grab a bunch of moon rocks, and fly back with them. So, so that, think about that. Yeah, that's really neat. That's crazy. Do, do you guys do math for fun on a Friday <laughs> night? <laughs> I, I stopped at Calc 1. Oh, there you go. Okay. There you go. I stopped doing the math and the engineering and turned to sales. So you don't just sit around with no. your friends on a Friday night? Not unless maybe, it's maybe kids' maybe homework. Cocktail. Try to see where pie ends. I know it doesn't. Kids' homework. A surface area and volume calcs last night. You ever look at your kid and go, come on! Not did, yet. Did you guys watch this yesterday? And oh, yeah. did you oh, watch yeah. the coverage? And then what was that like knowing that like it's your that's your design that they're sitting in to, for this historic moment? I mean, for me, it was a uh, kind of a dream come true as a kid growing up, seeing the shuttle missions and all of that. Like that really struck me close to the, like growing up as a kid, a vision. Right. Um, it was awesome to have my my wife and my four kids listening to this and listening to history is as an American private held company goes back to the moon and that's history right there. Something like Josh mentioned, hasn't been done in 52 years. Um, and so for me having just a small thumbprint, a Kansas city kid out of the Midwest, having that thumbprint on something that big and, and space frontier is awesome. So I want to ask you about this and I hope that parents watch this with their children last night. I am such a champion in my very limited STEM kind of mind of young girls specifically getting interested in the sciences at a much younger age so that you know, I've always heard by the time they're in middle school and high school, if we've lost them to that, it's too late, right? And so what does a mission like this mean for the kids who maybe saw this on the news or who are hearing about it in science class? And then specifically, what does Burns and Mac do to get the kids interested in the STEM programs? Yeah, so I'll start with this one because over the last couple of years, Burns and Mac has been doing secondary education market. Like, yeah, we do summits, right? We bring all the educators from all around the KC Metro. I think in this last year alone, we had 150 something uh, elementary and secondary education teachers come in. And the Super Bab project, the Intuitive Machines project, was uh, our focal point. Yeah. Uh, we've also been going to high schools and our colleges and promoting this and showing them this project in particular and showing them where these kids are going to be going right. in by the time I retire, this is going to be a common place for them. So, and to show them and encourage them on where the space frontier is going. And where is it going? It's not slowing down. There, there's yeah. so much growth and spending right now in the space market. And it's, it's, you know, in lunar orbit, Pri but also to the public. moon, both. It really is. It's going, it's going in all sorts of different directions from new satellites going up all the time to landers like we had yesterday land on the moon. And, and, I, and I'm not knocking what happened yesterday. Do not take this the wrong way. But I think there are people who don't pay attention to NASA things who thought when they saw this great, big, exciting thing yesterday, well, didn't we already go to the moon? And so <laughs> yeah. help explain for our audience like how this moves the football. What does this mean for the next thing? 
It moves it a lot because if you think about what NASA was spending in terms of money back in the 60s and 70s to get the Apollo astronauts yeah. there. And then they had crazy pilots in those vehicles landing them. Well, then you take that and we, we ignored the moon for 50 years um, and focused on the space station. And now we're going back to the moon because of the Artemis program that NASA's leading. But we've got so many more technological advancements that we've had since then that we put up basically an autonomous, they put up an autonomous lander to go land on the moon. And so it went to the dark side of the moon, which we can't communicate with, and landed on its own. And if you think about the thought process and the engineering and the science and the technology that has to go into that, it's uh, it's incredible. So it's leading a lot more, um, you know, careers and advancements for a lot of a lot of people. If you looked at that audience last night, it's a very diverse group. Yeah. Um, I love getting my girls involved and watching the space launches with them until they tell me that I'm a nerd. Do and, they want to do what Daddy does? Uh, sometimes, but sometimes <laughs> it's a little bit too much, and they call me a nerd. So that's that's okay. I love it. Are you I, a nerd? I love encouraging. Are you a nerd? So. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've been a, well, like like Brooke here, here. I've been a space nerd all my life, but a small town kid from a tiny town in Kansas. How was I going to get love it. the space industry? Right? Where are you, where are you from? Here. I'm from Kansas City, up in the Northland. Okay. So. I'm, I'm from a Minneapolis, Kansas, a tiny town yeah. out in the middle of Kansas. <laughs> wow. 1,200 people. Never dreamed I could ever touch a space kind of project, and, and here we are. And we touched it in Kansas City, right? Well, but, but see, and, and I, I, I'm a nerd like you, like, and, and not professionally, but um, – <laughs> I, I can't get enough of, like, the Hubble and the Webb telescope. Yep. He'll turn around pictures. and show me these yeah. photos, and he's like, doesn't this blow your mind? And I'm like, what is that? I, I go, look it at that. It. It's stardust. It's inspiring. Yeah. It's yeah. stardust. I mean, if you ever wanted to feel small, look at one picture from the Webb telescope mm-hmm. and tell me that you mean anything right. in, in the larger scheme of things. Yep. I mean, we're a dot on a dot Yep. every time I look at those pictures. It's just incredible. And to think, again, that these, this company was able to go land on the South Pole of the Moon, which is really, Can you really explain hard. what the South Pole of the Moon is, please? <laughs> so, just we're on the we're south. starting from so there. So just like the, the, the Earth here, we've got a North Pole and a South Pole, yes. right? And so on the opposite ends of the – or on the poles, it's the coldest because the sun doesn't hit it. Got just it. like here. Same thing on the Moon. Well, there could be frozen pockets of ice and water on the South Pole of the Moon, which you can molecularly break down into liquid oxygen and liquid hydrogen for more Which fuel, is fuel. Which is fuel, Right. Which you could use to go to Mars. Which you could use as a, maybe a base point to go to Mars. Correct. How far away do you think we are for that type of exploration? In mm-hmm. our lifetime? Yeah, I think in our lifetime. Wow. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, if you look at what Musk is doing with Starship, um, which is their big, big rocket, and then all the other companies that are in the space, um, we, we will take incredible. a few questions about the thing yeah, that on the landed line. on the pole of the thing on the text line. <laughs> you know, 913. The 5867798913586-7798 um with our guests today Stephen Brooke and Josh Forschler from Burns and Mac. Uh what a great feather in that company's cap and and very exciting that you guys are involved. We'll be back with much more straight ahead. All right, welcome back. We got Stephen and Josh from Burns and Mac in studio and yes, Burns and Mac had something to do with the thingy landing on the thingy <laughs> yesterday at about 5.30. If you missed it, it was the first time that the United States had been back to the moon uh, since basically as long as I'd been on this planet, 50 years. And they landed a module on the south pole of the moon yesterday. They're looking for uh, frozen water, which could be 
the stepping off point for future trips to yeah. Mars. Uh, you need hydrogen. You need oxygen. Um, all of those things are necessary for fuel to go to the next phase. And Steve and Josh join us in studio. So Burns and Mack have been involved since roughly 2021. How big is the actual modular thing? How long will it be there? And how soon before we know whether or not there's water there? I mean, does it just land and start roving around and then? Yeah, so um, I don't remember all the dimensions of it, but I I remember it only weighs like 4,200 pounds. Wow. Um, And then it also is intended to live there forever. Um, from information that we've seen that has been released through IM's mission page and their streams. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they've got another 15 days of light to keep the batteries charged, and then it's going to be the dark side of the moon, referencing some Pink Floyd there. Right. No, we've, we, <laughs> nice did that, we did that <laughs> nice yesterday. I'm, I'm telling you, I watched the documentary about the two rovers on Mars, that, that and it is the most beautiful documentary because the teams that worked with those – ended up having a strangely very personal relationship with those robots. And those had a shelf life. And you remember it went on and on and on, and it was only supposed to last however many days or months or years. And they went on much, much longer than anyone thought. People cried when, when the life of those ended, the useful life, electronic life of those ended. This is supposed to last forever. Yeah, I mean, as far as we know, it's supposed to last forever, but it's not going to be powered on. But it's going to actually turn into a beacon. Um, And I would encourage anybody to go to the Intuitive Machines mission page because it talks through all of the payloads. Because NASA had, I believe, like 10 or 12 items on there. Yeah. And again, it's those payloads are meant to advance space um, technology, the private space market. Um, again, as Josh had mentioned earlier, with the the methlox fuel, the new type of fuel, it's meant for them to be able to throttle that engine. Because if we look at like the Apollo programs and a lot of the space rockets that go into space now, yeah. it's an on-off kind of switch. Um, they're also testing all sorts of camera technology, um, lidar. Um, you know, a data center company provided some. You know, a, they want to see if they can get a data center maybe on the moon, right? As we again advanced humanity to the new frontiers of space. And, uh, you know, that's that's the whole goal of this, was to test all sorts of new technology for the next missions and the future space companies, startups that are out there and coming online. Yeah, the, the Beacon part's really neat. It's going to help guide other future missions of not only Intuitive, but other NASA mission, missions up there. Uh, in addition to the payloads that Stephen was mentioned, uh, there's actually an art project on board. So there's a famous, no way. There's a famous artist named Jeff Koons who did, I think, like the, the big metallic... Um, balloon animals that Jay-Z yep. and Beyonce had on their tours. Yep. Well, he did these like little tiny moon ball phases and there was a, a much bigger model on Earth and then there's smaller model that's actually encased oh. in acrylic on the lander. That's I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So <laughs> He does the little weenie dogs, like the, the yeah. balloon dogs. And he was, yeah. he was, so he was at the launch party last week yep. with wow. us. So we got to meet him. He was super great. Uh, we a couple of questions from the text line. If the water is on the South Pole, how does it not fall off? <laughs> it's frozen <laughs> underneath... <laughs> Under, underneath some uh, of the... I just read questions from the text line. The moon I don't regolith. Bet them. I don't bet them. Um, did you guys ever have to read Shakespeare in high school? Of course. <laughs> I use it never. Daily? Yeah. Okay. And on a serious note, what kind of degree would I have to have to get into the business that you're in? So that's that's a really good question. Um, I have a mechanical engineering degree from K-State. Um, been in, at Burns for over 20 years. But we have all disciplines... 
of engineering, architecture, construction, environmental sciences. Um, we have graphic artists on on um, payroll. In fact, the shirt that I've got on was designed by one of our own graphic artists. Like, does it say Super Bab? It does. Yeah. <laughs> like Super Bad? No. Yeah. Um, B A B stands for something. Bad and building. Love it. Badass building. Yep. That is phenomenal. Um, the name was. Picked. I love that you have merch. This is phenomenal. We have great merch. And yeah. Great merch. Again, I, I love that you're afraid to say a word on your merch. <laughs> Gosh. But you know what? That's going to get kids excited about this. Well, yeah. I mean, and Steve, talk about your career. And what yeah. So um, I've been at Burns and Mac 17 years now. Uh, graduated with a computer-aided drafting degree in at Central Missouri State. So, um, gosh, pretty much started right out of middle school. Um, that burns a Mac, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I love the 3d modeling. I love the technology, um, you know, capitalizing on, it's not just architects, engineers that we have or constructors or construction professionals. We have marketing folks. Um, we've got amazing, you know, people who do data scientists yeah. to help us get into the data frontier yeah. that everybody's going to. Uh, we have it professionals, developers, uh, people who love to play with augmented reality, virtual reality. This, you know, you. I'm assuming you guys probably have uh, a Quest stuff. Two, Quest Three. Your kids do, right? We no we have kids that play with that stuff. 3D printing. Yeah. We're getting into that as well to better visualize not just the projects that we do and to oh. show our clients this stuff, but to have hands on with the projects that we build for our client and validate that what we're building is going to work for them. There's so many entry points uh, for a career in this, and, and it can happen in Kansas. It can happen in Houston, where, yeah. where the, this building is located, can happen in Florida, where we launched from. It can happen everywhere. So, Thank you guys so much for joining us and helping us understand what otherwise would have been a very awful conversation if it were just Scott and I. <laughs> oh, this, no, we'll do that in the second half. This conversation was a blast. <laughs> this was fun. Thanks, <laughs> you and your science humor, get out of here. I do appreciate it, guys. Thank you, guys Thank so you much. Thank you. Uh, Josh and Steve with Burns and Mac here on Dana and Parks on KMBZ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. We're trying to reach out to him. If you missed the story, uh, we've got a line on him, and he was supposed to join us this hour uh, in the early part, but then we had to m move him because of the interview we just did. Uh, but here's the story from Channel 9, and if we get this guy on the phone here in the next few minutes, we'll just uh, rush him onto the air. Uh, a mother in Eudora, Kansas, is thanking the man she calls a hero 
after he shielded her daughter from gunfire after the Chiefs Super Bowl rally and parade at Union Station a week and a half ago. But she's trying to find him. Leanne Carlton is publicly saying thank you to the stranger who helped her daughter and her daughter's friend through the crowd when shots rang out a week ago Wednesday. She says the man covered the two girls with a blanket and stood over them as the chaos erupted. There is no doubt, said Leanne Carlton, speaking to Channel 9 yesterday. There is no doubt, you know, 15 years old and it's scary. But I think he's a hero because she can, you know, look at that and think of him and keeping them safe. We have found the Good Samaritan. We have confirmed that it is him through some rather bizarre selfies that we had to ask him to take. Uh, and we are trying to get him on the air. And we will do that as quickly as we can. Can I? I want to share something because I think a lot of people may be feeling the same thing. And if anything, we try to be painfully honest on this program. Because of our job, Scott, we have to live in what I call the well. And there are times that we have to go deep down that well and live in that space where other people with other jobs don't have to just have the steady stream of awful news that that we need to understand to talk about certain things on the show. And I think because it's been, you know, a, a week and a half, um, there's some fatigue about the topic of the parade. And I am feeling that this week deeply. Hmm. Not because I don't think it's important, not because it is not heartbreaking and shattering for this community, but a few friends of mine, like not like super, super, super best friends of mine because they know that I just can't go there right now. But I cannot tell you the number of times people have texted about the mugshots, asking this, what is going on with the investigation? Because that's the world you and I live in. And I finally had to say yesterday, I cannot do this anymore. Please use Google. I cannot be anyone's personal meter about the parade anymore. Mm -hmm. And my closest friends know Let's go out and have a bottle of wine, and we'll talk about a thousand other things. We're not going to talk about that because we live in that space because of our jobs. And I, twice today, I said to two different women in my life, there are places you can find this information. Dana is not the place to go. Hmm. I, I, I think it's the just. Is it burnout? No. I think it is um, – we were so close to it, Scott, even though we weren't physically close to it for such a long time because of, of needing to, to bring the information to people. And then I also have people very, very close to me that are going to have trauma for the rest of their lives because of, they were there, okay? Mm -hmm. And so it's – and I can't even imagine what Lisa's family is going through. Or the, the family of the Good Samaritan that saved the children or the children that were running. But I have gotten to a point probably in the last 48 hours where it's a hot stove for me right now. And I see the headlines and I just you don't even read it can't anymore. look at it anymore. Hmm. I have so much rage 
I have so much anger. And I think people mean well, so they'll send me headlines. Trust me when I say I not only have seen the headlines, I've read the entire story. So I need a break. I need a break. Story here from the USA Today. We were just told by the Good Samaritan that he will not be able to join us on the radio today. Okay. Uh, The increasing cost of dog ownership is taking a financial toll on pup parents in the United States. Uh, They surveyed, they being the USA Today, surveyed 1,000 dog owners nationwide and found that in the past year, many have gone into debt, taken a second job, or cut back on personal spending to afford the cost of pet ownership. Uh, hell no. It also doesn't help that the new trend is just to overly pamper your pet. 91% of people, 91% of people say that they've experienced some degree of financial stress in the past year related to the cost of pet care. What? I Look. You are spending way too much on your dog or cat. Uh, my girlfriend told me the other day that she's booking a chiropractor appointment for her dog. Okay. <laughs> no, no. Okay. So my little doggy nail clippy place down the street from my house, they just moved up to Bonner for some reason. Mm-hmm. I have no idea why. Mm-hmm. So I called because all the clackety clackety on the hardwood floor was driving me crazy from Stella's nails. And I said, I'd like to book a nail clipping appointment for my dog. She said, okay, no problem. It runs about 13 bucks. She goes, would you like the full spa? Oh, my gosh. No, 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 no. Stop it. You know what I would have said? I would like a full spa. She said, would you like the full spa treatment? I go, is this Bonner or Western Shawnee? That's right. She goes, full spa. I go, what is the full spa treatment cost? 60 bucks. Said, we'll go with the nail clip. What's that cost? 13 bucks. Oh, yeah. Worth it. Uh, we've got breaking news. Oh, it's not one of these Late days on me. again. Late on me. You guys remember the Chinese spy balloon that they said wasn't a spy balloon or was <laughs> a spy like, balloon? Yes, or was it was spy floating balloon. over Kansas City. We know that it was a balloon, but we're not sure if it was spying on us or not. And we're pretty sure it came from China and they let it cross the entire United States before blowing it up over North Carolina. We have I remember. There, what, what do you mean there's another one? Uh, this just in. The U.S. military is investigating an unidentified high-altitude balloon over Colorado. Oh, come on. How did it get that far before we saw it? It's coming our way. It's coming our way, baby. Something tells me it's not floating west. (laughs) Never does. Always floats east. (laughs) We got another one. (laughs) Okay. Great. Uh, Back to the dog story for just a minute. 65% of people say they've had to ask their friends or family for money to take care of their pets. And 33% of Americans say they've taken out a second job or looked for new income opportunities to take care of their pets. Then you know what? That's on you. A quarter of Americans say they spend between $51 and $100 a month on their dog. That would probably be me. An equal number say they spend between $100 and $250 per month on their dog. Roughly, hang on, and these people need to get checked. Roughly 1% of those who responded to the survey said they spend $5,000 or more per month on their dog. 
It's gotten so out of control that there are specific dog food places that are like the Trader Joe's of dog food. Okay. All right. Yeah, the farmer's dog. You see it on TV. No, but it's I'm talking like. Have you seen those ads? It's, it's real, real food. food. Entire stores. There's one in Leewood near uh, town center. And you go in there and it's like you walk into a Sprouts, but everything's for dogs. Okay. Wow. All right. And the food is like look, $75 look, a bag. It's not my thing. And if that's how you want to spend your money, I, I'm sure people would look at me and go, like, she's broke today because of college things and other things. Like, it's not for me. But if you are having financial hardship because of the money you're spending on your pet. Maybe you I don't think, have a pet. I think maybe you, like, take a hard look at the spa. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Uh, by the way, did you know the name of the module they landed on the moon yesterday? The thingy that landed on the thingy? <laughs> oh, yeah. I heard this last night. There was a name for the module. Please let me know. Sam? Its nickname is Odie. No way! Yeah, its name is Odysseus, nickname oh Odie. Oh, my goodness. I hope it doesn't fling itself out a window. There aren't any windows on the moon. How do you know, Sam? We haven't been to the south side. We have now. Dark side. <laughs> Surprisingly, no windows. How do you know if it's dark? If it's real. There has never been a better time to join FanDuel. What are you waiting for? Go to FanDuel.com slash Dana. FanDuel.com slash Dana and get all of your bets in when it comes to the NBA. Um, it is so much fun to bet, and there are so many different ways that you can bet. And new customers right now are actually going to get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's 150 bucks back if your bet wins. Go to FanDuel.com slash Dana. FanDuel.com slash Dana. You can bet on all the things. Quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and so much more. FanDuel.com slash Dana. Go now and shoot your shot. FanDuel, it is an official sportsbook partner of the NBA and KMBZ. Must be 21 and older and present in Kansas. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Getting helps your best bet? 1-800-522-4700 or go to ksgamblinghelp.com. All right, welcome back. Story here from CNN. Uh, pharmacies across the United States are reporting that they are having difficulty getting prescriptions to patients because of a cyber attack on a unit of United Health. Uh, the company said in a regulatory filing yesterday that it's changed healthcare business, which processes prescriptions to insurance for tens of thousands of pharmacies nationwide, was compromised by hackers who gained access to some of its systems. Uh, the company became aware of the cyber attack on Wednesday, said it expected the attack to last at least throughout the day on Thursday. Did they ever figure out what happened yesterday with AT&T? They're claiming that they tried to do an overnight software update uh -huh. and something went awry. And that's why tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of customers were without service. Now, see, I have AT&T, and it didn't affect me at all yesterday. What didn't make any sense is that it was not just AT&T, so that's why I partly don't buy the whole software update thing. And also, it only affected some users. So Dana and I yeah. used the same cell tower. I didn't have a single problem. She had a problem. 
So why did only certain phones get affected by it? Mm. I have no idea what went on. They're saying that why? Interesting. They hit the old update software button and okay, something messed up in the middle. Here, there was a solar flare yesterday, and for a while, people were like, "It's the solar flare." And then I think Brian Busby wrote and said, "He, he wrote it. It's not the solar flare." <laughs> He wrote something about that on Facebook. Foiled by the solar flare again. Come on, guys. It's 5G. Let's be honest. Well, what do you think it was? I have no you idea. You think it was a hack? Uh, I mean, I know that if it were a cyber attack, they wouldn't tell us. I do know that. But why wouldn't they make it more crippling? I mean, if you're going to attack us, attack us. Test the waters. See if you can get into the system first. Okay. I have no reason to believe it wasn't a software update issue, but it just seems very odd that that would only affect certain customers. Yeah. All right. Uh, Update to a story that I know Dana brought to you yesterday. Uh, Commander Biden, that is President Biden's dog, is a German shepherd. He's a biter. Bit U.S. Secret Service personnel in at least 24 incidents at the White House and other locations according to new internal Secret Service documents obtained by CNN. That number does not include additional incidents that CNN has previously reported involving executive residence staff and other White House workers. So they've only bitten Secret Service 24 times. Okay, That doesn't um, mean everybody else who works right. for the president. What we would call other. <laughs> other, that is right. I want the number, man. How bad is Commander the Biter? Well, he's not going to be bad anymore because he got sent to the farm. Did they send him to the farm? Mm-hmm. I think maybe he's at an actual farm. Maybe. Uh, Went to go live with somebody else, the story reads. Biden family feels awful. They're heartbroken over the spate of biting incidents. Um, hmm. Hmm. What do you mean? This is your third dog. <laughs> To have this well, problem. It, is it the third dog with a biting is problem? Is it the breed? And I, we had Libby call in on this at one point because I wanted to know, is the German Shepherd a biter? And I, if if memory serves, they're not like in the top five, but they they're are not. so needing work, attention, and not play, but I mean work. They are work dogs. Like, like they need to be They need occupied. to be occupied in the way that... Um, Pepper's handler at the Kansas City Police Department says she is always working. They strive and thrive on finding the ball or the bomb or the drug. And you have to constantly provide that outlet for them. And then if you don't, um, there are behavioral problems. Do you remember her saying the German Shepherd is the number one surrendered dog? I remember her saying that. It's either the number one or one of the highest surrendered dogs. And she says that's why. People don't understand that is a working dog, and you have to work that dog. Or, or they get complacent, they get bored. Or, and bite and, 76 and they, people. And they might bite. Right. Insanely high energy animals. Yes, you yes, can't yes. just let it roam free in the White House and say, be Correct. a good boy. Correct. By, by the way, uh, Commander departed the White House before December, even though he was featured in the Biden Christmas card. Well, they brought him back for picture time? Well, he's no longer at the White House is what I'm trying to oh, get Oh, gotcha. At. You guys were saying that he had been dispatched. Uh, he has been dispatched. He was removed from the White House uh, months prior to December. From the text line, it's not the dogs that are the problem. It's the other end of the leash. Okay. Really? Really? 
Do you need to go into a five-minute timeout? That I wasn't. A, I was referring a, a, to misbehaving dogs, not the specific owner in this right. story. Sam, it's been a long week. Okay. We are two minutes away from 4 o'clock. All I want to do is drink my Diet Coke and not be here. We are going to get through this together. We are going to get to 5 o'clock in Festivus Friday. You do want to be here. I really just kind of want you to do four. What do you want me to do? What should we talk about it for? Are you okay? I'm totally fine. I am just so burned out. I don't know what it is. I am so burned out right now. I need this weekend, and I am so happy. I am going to set up a little chair in my backyard. Okay. Turn on some Taylor Swift and just lay outside for 48 hours. And then I'm going to come back on Monday. I'll be totally fine. I'm going to tell you if weather-wise, that's a good idea. I've already looked. It's like going to be 70 degrees. I am so excited. 64. Two tomorrow. Don't care. I might be naked. On I might just strip down and be naked in my backyard well, for 48 these, hours. I think these are bad decisions. I think I need vitamin D. Yes. I think I need a martini tonight. I've yes. switched from wine, by the way, to uh, harder liquor. Dirty That's smart. Vodka martinis. Yeah. Yeah. Olives. Go, it's fruit. Go from a mid. Is that a vegetable? Go from a mid tier booze to full blown alcoholism. <laughs> Judger. <laughs> no. <laughs> Witnesser. Been there, done it. <laughs> 913-586-7798. Thanks for listening to the Dana and Parks podcast. Remember, you can catch us online anytime at KMBZ.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.